you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Going in raw is now a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest growing, highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw. Matt Chat. I can't believe you just... Did you put... No, see, you put, he put F-U, but then I make it fun. Fun. Oh, <laughs> darn it. I, I swerved you. You got the better of me this time. <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to Going In Raw, Matt Chat. I love this show, man. We just reviewed all the video questions from today. There's one that really, really I don't like at all, but all the other ones are which just one? fantastic. You know which one I'm talking about. Oh, but yeah. all the other ones are fantastic. It's just It's such a great glimpse into the Frendo community. These are the hardcore friendos, man. They plunk down that $20 every month on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. Uh, and uh, they get their pictures here. They can get that friendo care package. It's a great way to support going in, Ron. If you want to be part of the show, that's how you do it. Um, in any event, uh, we got a bunch of great questions. We have actually a bunch of good questions today. A couple we do, of new, we do, a couple we do. Of new Matt chatters. Yeah. Maya Dope makes her return. Yeah. Very excited about that. Hug your kids, friendos. Yes. Anyways, uh, let's get started with our first question from Vinny Elliott, the, Vinny, the Vinny. inaugural Frendo vs. Champion. Let's see what Vinny has to say. Okay. Hey, Frendos. Is Tomasa Champa the best heel ever in NXT? Thank you, inaugural champion of the Frendo vs. Vinny Elliott. Vinny Elliott. Uh, so I'll go first. So there are three names that come to mind when I think of the, the best heels in NXT. I'll let you talk about uh, one of those names. Uh, I also think about Samoa Joe, who had a terrific run um, with, I think, uh, mainly Shinsuke Nakamura, but didn't he have a thing with Finn Balor too? Samoa Joe? Yeah. Yeah, that's when he turned heel. They, went, they won the Joe, Dusty Classic. That's right. And then, yeah, when and Joe... And turned on Finn. That's right. Won the belt from Finn. Then Finn, had Joe, the, Nakamura. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the lineage there. Okay. Um, however, I am going to say uh, it, it's Tommaso Ciampa. I'm going to go that route because we haven't seen with Owens and with Joe the level uh, you 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 did a, a fantastic job during our takeover review earlier this week of of breaking down the details um, from that match the Tommaso Ciampa Johnny Gargano street fight from Takeover Chicago Two and we've never seen that level of detail, that level of character, that level of character creation in NXT, the way we've seen with Tommaso Ciampa. It's everything. It's his attire. It's, uh, it's his lack of, of ring entrance music. Um, it's, it's all the little things that he does. And I am fascinated to see where the story goes. Granted, we kind of poo-pooed um, the build uh, to this match, but I'm back all on board. I'm really anxious to see where they take it. And I think that we haven't seen something like this 
you know, it's one thing to be a heel, to be a traditional bad guy, but it's another to, to have such a level, like a cinematic level of detail in your character creation um, and the storytelling involved. I think, I think my, my vote goes for Tommaso Ciampa. I think that's the goal, and I think they've accomplished it. Um, I think of the three uh, nominees you mentioned, there's not a wrong answer among yeah, them. I agree. However, I will make the case for Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens' tenure in NXT was short-lived. However, mm-hmm. he made an immediate impact. Um, the very first takeover um, he was at, he had a match against C.J. Parker, who mm-hmm. is now, of course, Juice Robbins. Um, and Kevin Owens arrived as a face. He was a good guy. Yeah. He de- defeated C.J. Parker. Um, and later on in the main event, uh, Kevin Owens' best friend, Sami Zayn, would uh, capture the NXT title from Neville. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, they did, uh, from Owens' debut until that moment, they did a pretty good job of encapsulating um, Owens and Zayn's relationship. Yeah. Um, and if you know, paid any, any attention to what was going on in the indies prior to their arrival at NXT, you would know not only were they... Uh, great friends, but at, t- at certain times, great rivals. Mm-hmm. So the relationship has been established across promotions around the world. So they show up in NXT, they're buddies, um, and Kevin Owens picks uh, the Sami Zayn's uh, greatest moment of his career up to that point, winning the NXT title finally after trying to do it for three years. He picks that moment to turn heel on his best friend at the peak of of Zayn's career in in highly dramatic fashion by powerbombing him into an apron. We had, Granted, you know, I didn't watch a lot of independent wrestling. Apparently that kind of stuff happens all the time in independent <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> right. By the time in WWE product, that crap never happened. Yeah, you didn't see true. anybody take bumps on the corner of the apron that's true, yeah. ever. Yeah. Or purposely, at least. <laughs> you never saw that. Um, and it was shocking yeah. back in, what, 2011, 2000, when I was late, or late 2014, 14, 15, something 14, like that. 13. Sorry. I don't think anything was around in 2011. Anyways, um, so that was shocking. And then uh, when Owens finally challenged Zayn for the title, great match. And there wasn't a, a winner via pinfall or submission. The ref stopped the match because Kevin Owens powerbombed Sami Zayn six times. Mm-hmm. And the ref said, enough. You've destroyed this man enough. Here, Kevin Owens, you win. Um, I know the Ciampa-Gargano feud has, been, has had its fair share of shocking moments and brutal violence. But I kind of feel like, at least in NXT, mm-hmm. granted they're not the first time to play out the storyline of betrayal and good versus evil. Um, in NXT, uh, what Owens and Zayn did, I feel, kind of set the template for what Ciampa and Gargana have done since. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't a protracted feud between Owens and Zayn. I think they had one more takeover match. Um, Zayn wrestled Cena on Raw, hurt his shoulder, and he was kind of written off. And a matter of a, a couple months later, Owens was gone from NXT more or less completely. Um, but I still feel like it, the concentrated um, uh, uh, dose of Kevin Owens we got in NXT, where in the matter of two hours he went from super hot babyface debuting in the promotion to being the most hated guy in the entire company, was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give my vote to Kevin Owens. Fair enough. Next up, we've got the leader of the Mullet Club, a new a new Matt Chatter, Zachary B.S. Harris. Let's see what this new Matt Chatter is all about. All right. Hey, Stephen Larson. Zachary B.S. Harris here, leader of the Mullet Club, here with my Matt Chat question of the week. All I want to know is, who's the better wrestling than heel as of right now? Is it the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, or that SOB, 
to Marcel Chapel. Thanks, Fernando. Too sweet. Wow, talk about an impactful debut. What an incredible head of hair. Leader of the mullet club. Incredible head of hair there. Thank you, Mr. B.S. Harris. Uh, you go first. Oh, I go first. Yes, your answer from the last question. It's Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> I know, we should have swapped these. Why? Uh, no, I think it's funny when we, we change positions <laughs> from question to question. No, it's Tommaso Ciampa. Right now, right now, the best heel in all of wrestling is Tommaso Ciampa. What's the theme music? Chorus of booze. Yeah. Can't really top that. Yeah, I know. I know Cody's packaging in terms of his Titan Tron and his music. It, it you know it, it, it plays into his heel persona. But what better heel theme is there than chorus of booze from the crowd? Exactly. They could try to play music at full sail and yeah. get drowned out by what chorus of booze? It's it's like your the theme music is like the sound you hear. Uh, I know you don't watch Game of Thrones. I watched the first two seasons. Okay, well, uh, who's uh, Lena ha- Lena Haiti? Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. Well, her character, like later on, much later on, she has to do this walk. Of yeah, I've seen that. You've seen where they strip her down. Yeah. That's his theme music. Yeah. Is that is what was well, what she heard? Yeah, I I, I like that. His, his theme music is chorus of booze, but also um, following his first match against Johnny Gargano, it was like his body was falling apart, <laughs> and it was such it was it. Intentional or not, yeah. I don't know. But if, if not, then they really worked it into the character yeah. because it was like he was being consumed by evil mm-hmm. and it was literally tearing him apart as a person. <laughs> and, and he's at the point now where he's so evil, yeah. he's almost devoid of humanity. Yeah. He's getting to that point almost. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see in that, this third match coming up here between Gargano and Ciampa, if Gargano can find a way to first reclaim his own humanity. He's starting to lose based on the actions at Chicago. And also, if he can uh, help Ciampa rediscover his own humanity, bring this storyline f- full circle, um, I think it'd be great to see. But right now, best heel in wrestling. That Oh, F you Ciampa. Oh, he's a real bastard. Ooh, oh, man. Anyways, um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give some props to Cody, though. I think I'll put it this way. It's a weird thing. So Cody wears a lot more hats than uh, Ciampa, metaphorically. Um, Neither of them wear hats that I'm aware of, though. Yeah, yeah literally, they don't. But uh, in terms of Ch- Ciampa has the luxury, because he's under the NXT umbrella, of being able to stay in character completely and totally uh, you know, not just on NXT, but also on social media. Probably when he's out and about and anybody recognizes him, he heals up a bit. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> it takes the crutch to him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then he goes like this. Um, Cody, on the other hand, because he's also, I mean, granted, you know, he's under contract with Ring of Honor, has a relationship with New Japan, et cetera, et cetera. But he's also, you know, an independent wrestling star. So he's also an entrepreneur. And so his like social media presence is oftentimes voice of reason. <laughs> In, on Twitter because, you know, people would go like he was completely defending all that kerfuffle about uh, one of the lead actors in Star Wars having to leave Instagram because so many people were crapping all over her. And Cody was taking up this role of, you know, why are you guys doing this? You're idiots. You yeah, know, this isn't your franchise. You don't dictate things. Yeah. He's just telling people to be cool. He's telling. Yeah. And that's not a heel thing to do. No. However, if you take in character Cody Rhodes the character as written in the drama of Bullet Club. Yeah. To take, to be, to be the poison within the most popular over faction in the, on the planet and to, to destroy that from within because it is a mess now. It is a total mess. It's in shambles completely. I mean, Kenny has said that him and the Bucks are still Bullet Club. At Dominion, how many times do we hear Bullet Club theme? 
Zero. Zero. Zero times. They're hardly a faction anymore. And so, I, you know, it's hard to argue that it's not Cody. Still, when he goes to the shows, when he's in character, he knows how to get heel heat better than anybody. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a 1A, 1B thing. I think Cody is sort of handcuffed because being who he is an entrepreneur and having to maybe be out there a bit more social media wise, um, wearing a different, you know, uh, a different hat, if you will. Um, I think he sort of, by virtue, he can't always be a heel even on Twitter. I think there's, there's, there's two examples uh, of, of Cody, for Cody that you could use in your defense. One, uh, not only did he have the, 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 the grapefruits to change the Bullet Club logo, yeah. he changed it in his own image. <laughs> right. Two. Or he tried to anyway. Yeah, there's been multiple instances of fans jumping the barricade yeah. to attack Cody Rhodes. And at a certain point, he had to say, look, don't do that. It's just a show. Whereas I'm not sure if Tommaso Ciampa would never have, he would have never needed to go on social media because he has like, you know, the, the WWE machine taking care of that stuff for him, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I think they're, they're just completely different things. I think if, if Cody was put in the same position as Tommaso Ciampa, I think he would have the luxury of, of trying to, to beat, you know, out heel Tommaso Ciampa. I think he'd give him a good run for his money. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. Oh, I also like Cody. I'm not sure if there's a heel or face thing, but every time uh, his wife posts like a, a picture of her in, uh, I'm going to say skimpy, but you know, skimpy clothes, like a bikini or whatever, he always replies with nice boobs or look at that butt, <laughs> which is hilariously charming for a couple to be. They're my favorite couple in wrestling. Yeah. Maybe my favorite couple in yeah. wrestling. I'm trying to think of a better one. But man, they're so hilarious. They're yeah. so entertaining. I know. And it's hard to, it, that's the thing also. They're really entertaining, funny heels, and Chomp is not. He's, no, he's scary, and he's, he's a real bastard. He's <laughs> he is what we call a son of a bitch. Yeah, well, the character, the character. Uh, I don't, I don't know. What, I mean, I don't know what Tommaso Chomp is like. Oh, he's chill as hell, probably. Shoot, yeah, it could be chill as hell. Anyways, we got another Matt uh, chat question from uh, Zach S. Zach S. Zach S. Morrison, many friendos out there. It's your official friendo versus IWGP heavyweight champ Zach S. Can match you with another match at question. The question this week is who should be the next NXT champion? Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S. Thank you, Zach S. Steve, if you will, please. Over the past couple months, Larson, 2018, I have become infatuated. I have become enamored. I am totally on board. The Velveteen Dream. Oh, man. I love him so much. I think Aleister Black needs... I, I, you and I both get the feeling that he's going to be in that Finn Balor role, holding that NXT title for quite a long time. Challenger after challenger uh, will uh, fall to the Black Mass. Maybe it's one. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's three many. Maybe one will whiff by somebody's head and they'll still fall over. Maybe you'll hit him on the shoulder with it. But eventually Black Mass will take you down. Over here, yeah, Velveteen Dream. Yeah, he just jobbed to Ricochet. But I want him, before he goes to Maine, like a year from now. I don't want him there now. Like a year from now. Rack up a streak, and I want that rematch that we saw a couple takeovers ago. Velveteen Dream, Aleister Black. I think it makes all the sense in the world before Aleister Black goes to Maine to drop that title to Velveteen Dream, cementing him as an all-time homegrown NXT Talent, he can have a good run with it. Drop it to Ricochet, maybe. 
and then he heads up mm-hmm. to the main roster. <clears throat> so that's my answer, Velveteen Dream. Good answer. Um, I'm going to suggest another one of uh, Alistair Black's former rivals, Adam Cole. Baby. 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 Now. Baby. 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 Um, I agree with you. Alistair Black's going to be carrying that title for a while. Mm-hmm. Who knows when Disputed Era is going to be in NXT that long. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I made a prediction. I believe that NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, where Alistair Black and Adam Cole had a street fight or something like that. Mm-hmm. My prediction was whoever won that match would be the next NXT champion. Mm-hmm. Whoever lost the match would take the belt off the whoever won it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I predicted that, but I did. And so far... I am correct with that prediction. Alistair Black won the NXT title. True, yeah. So uh, if my prediction comes true, that means Adam Cole is going to win it off him. So, yeah, that's the full extent of my answer. Other than Adam Cole might be the most over guy in the entire promotion. He might be the most over guy in wrestling right now. He might be. The fact that he went, and I'm, I'm anxious to see this match, but um, was there was reports. Kenny McIntosh yeah. was on Twitter saying that Adam Cole, that uh, Wolfgang was getting booed by the British crowd and they were cheering Adam Cole. <laughs> How does that happen? He's so charismatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's such a good looking guy, but not in a bad way. I know. Not in a, I hate that guy. Way. I know. He's good looking, but he's got, you know, like when, when you, you know, we hear the stories about Triple H when people come to he's try He's a rascal. People go to try out in, in, in NXT, and one of the criteria for acceptance is Triple H wants to make it seem believable that you could actually kick someone's butt. Uh-huh, yeah. And my understanding was the first time Adam Cole tried out in NXT when he was, you know, like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. They, they liked him, but that was the problem. They, he didn't seem legitimate because he wasn't grizzled enough, scruffy mm-hmm. enough, didn't have experience, didn't look tough enough or yeah. something. And so he went out, you know, made a huge name for himself, came back. And so, yeah, he's a handsome dude. But as you said, he's not like so unbelievably handsome that you dislike him. Yeah. He's handsome. He seems like, if you follow him on Twitter, he seems like a great guy. He, really he just seems does. like a good dude. I know he does. So he seems, he's really, he's really handsome. Um, he's not like huge. Yeah. He seems like a good dude, yeah. shoot wise. In that sense, he's very relatable, yeah. yet on TV, he's a real SOB. Who doesn't want to hang out with the Undisputed Era? I know! Nobody, everybody wants to hang out with I them. Know. That's what they it spend is. spend their free time tanning poolside using their championships. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. They seem like fun guys. <laughs> yeah. Very relatable. Down yeah. to earth. Yeah. Oh, man. He's the best. Adam Cole. Uh, I think our next Matt Chatter might be uh, potentially our very first... Uh, entrant in the Matt Chat Hall of Fame. She's just that adorable. Maya Dope has returned to Matt Chat. Let's take a look. Hey, Fendo. So Alexa Bliss won the Women's Money in the Bank and cashed it in, and she also won to Nia Jax. Do you think she's going to lose it to either Nia Jax or Ronda Rousey? Thank you. Thank you, Maya Dope. Thank you, you are welcome on Matt Chat anytime you want. Uh, let's see here. Oh, yeah, I think we're both in agreement on this oh, one. Oh, it's going to be Ronda Rousey. It's going to be Ronda Rousey. They, yeah, SummerSlam, Ronda Rousey is going to defeat Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. It will make uh, all the, the highlights on ESPN, Fox Sports 1. Correct. Everywhere, it's going to be Ronda Rousey holding that title high. I do hope that um, between now and then, they give her the amount of reps, practice, what have you, in the ring, on the mic, to carry that title 
um, to be, I'm sorry, to be present on Raw with that title on a more regular basis than we see her now. Yeah. Even now, like, they're doing a really good job spacing out her appearances. Mm -hmm. You know, she's not enmeshed in, you know, deep in the storylines every single week. But when she makes appearances, they're impactful. They are for, you know, consecutive weeks. I mean, granted, right now she's she's suspended. Well, I think even the suspension, um, it was an impactful way to write her off television. Yeah, for a it month. was. It was a very memorable <laughs> segment, and uh, and yeah, hopefully that if if she's holding that title, we're not going to be looking at a Brock Lesnar situation. She'll want to be present. She'll be there. They're going to use her. Yeah. Um, in impactful ways with that title. I would suspect, you know, when she wins the title, she'll be defending it. I don't know about every pay per view, but mm-hmm. a vast majority of them. Yeah, like the extreme. Rules type pay per views are probably not going to see her. Yeah, you won't see her TLC probably or Hell in a Cell. Right. Yeah. Well, at least exactly. not in a Hell in a Cell yeah. match. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, for sure, all the major shows, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And I would say, you know, probably half of the other ones. Are yeah, we gonna sure. get? Are we gonna get her versus Oscar at Survivor Series? Oh, maybe that'd be something else, huh? That'd be something else. Interesting. I really want to see a, a Rousey versus Sasha Banks feud. I think that'd be great. That'd be good. That'd be good. And I really think that's the end goal of them turning Sasha heel. Mm, I mean, that could short be. term, you get to see with Bailey, but then you get another opponent for Ronda Rousey. Yeah. You know, uh, over the title. Yeah, that'd be good. In the fall. Next up, we've got, uh, oh man, I love this Matt Chatter. TNA for life. Let's see what he has to say. What up, friendos? It is TNA for life here for another Matt Chat question. So it's pretty clear that we're going to be getting, I think, um, another run of The Undertaker, at least until WrestleMania 35. So I want to know, Steven Larson, if you could have Undertaker fight one more guy at WrestleMania 35 to finally give the rub to, to finally, you know, give him the torch, who would it be? Who would you like to see Undertaker fight last? I personally want to see him fight Bray Wyatt. I want to see him pass down his powers onto Bray Wyatt and have Bray finally be the legitimate badass that we've been waiting for. I want to know, who would you like to see Undertaker fight last? Thank you very much. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Peace out. Thank you, TNA for life. Thank you, TNA for life. Uh, I guess I'll go first. No, I go first. Okay. Yeah, I go first. It's, it's Finn Balor, specifically Demon Balor. Um, if the Undertaker is going to finally retire, for real this time, and is going to pass the torch, pass on powers of the darkness. Powers of darkness. To uh, another wrestler. Um, on the main roster right now, Finn Balor's the man. Um, he needs that rub. They're not really doing anything with him. He's kind of floating the upper mid card, going from feud to feud, but he's not really uh, in any storyline that's of, of, of serious consequence, mm-hmm. especially right now. He might be feuding with uh, Baron Corbin coming up or Kevin Owens. I don't know. It's all kind of nebulous. <laughs> but leading the WrestleMania 35, you need to give Finn Balor a high-profile match at the show. Have him assume powers of the darkness. Powers of the darkness. Catapult him back up into the universal title scene. Still hasn't received his universal title rematch. It's been uh, be two years mm-hmm. in August Yeah, since he won that belt. Yeah. Gets to get a rematch. Yeah. I thought that was like con- contractually obligated, like yeah, it was you, in his contract. Yeah, you would think. And yet, it's never come to fruition. At least kayfabe in his contract. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think it really is, but yes, kayfabe. Yeah. Um, it's got to be Finn, Pal- Finn Balor. They, they, they've, they've mentioned the, the supernatural inspiration of Demon Balor. Give him some actual supernatural powers as Demon Balor. Fill out the backstory. Say, yes, he can use those powers, but it comes at a cost. Mm. You know, it comes at a price to him as a person. It's like Spawn. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that could be an effective storyline. 
and, and, and motivate why he can only use Demon Balor a little bit, not all, right. all the time. All right, listen to this, man. Give me John Cena. This would be great on so many levels, on so many levels. Number one, people have been angling for Cena to turn heel for a very long time. What if it's not him? And it's obviously he's not going to do it as his current incarnation of John Cena, right? So he has a match against The Undertaker, where Undertaker, when he loses and goes away in like a big th- lightning bolt thing, Cena is then imbued with the powers of darkness. Um, and then when he next shows up, he's like Ministry John Cena, Right, he's got like robes and stuff. He's like got a mohawk well, or whatever. So, he's so like muscular; it's gonna look really. Awesome. It's gonna you be seen Cena wear a no, suit. How about this? What if he? What if he ditches? His, I know it's Taylor, but it looks ill-fitting still because he's so ripped. What if he ditches his like normal outfit and he has like a, a singlet, like evil? Okay. He wears like a singlet like that, and he has like eyeliner, and he has like goth like hair, like he grows his hair long, and it's like jet black. It's gonna take forever. It's not. Gonna, you can't do that in, in the in the span of like hair, a month. Yeah, hair plugs. He's got it before extensions. You mean. He'll ask. Uh, yeah, he'll ask Randy Orton um, how he got his hair so long so quick. Like every week, it was like another six inches longer. Oh, wasn't that long. But I know um, what you mean. And uh, so you do that. So there's a cut. There's a number of reasons why I want to see this happen. Number two, and the biggest reason is because we'll get a Cena Undertaker 24. I want a Cena Undertaker 24, where it shows him in the hotel room mapping out the match. All right, John, here's what I have in mind. I hope you don't mind. I tried using that, what did you call it, Google Doc? I don't really know how to use that. Give me yellow paper with lines. Give me legal pad. I want legal pad. And they'll go through their match line by line. Cameras are there. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then five knuckle shuffle, but then you're gonna grab my neck, and he's gonna be like, "Yeah, I think that's all good." Except in the end, tombstone. And he's like, "Well, you know, Undertaker, I need to go over." All right, in the end, attitude adjustment, or you know, go back to calling it the fu. Yeah, you know. And so we'll get a 24 documentary. I think it'd be great. Um, and uh, you know, it'll it's the only be, good part of your idea. Actually. Yeah, it's a great part of my idea, and that's the only reason I want to see it happen. But also, Ministry John Cena, I think it'd be great. It'd be so bad. It'd be awful. It would be so bad. Awful. Anyways, uh, next up, we've got DJ Mott. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Steve. Hey, Larson. Quick question for you. Do you think that Raw is benefiting from just having one men's singles title? Um, I know they had the Universal title, but Brock hasn't been there, and it's really, I think, elevated the IC title. What do you guys think? Um, Love to know your thoughts. Thanks. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace out. Thank you, DJ Mott. Thank you, DJ Mott. And uh, good luck on your travels in the sky. It, I think he was on an airplane. I don't think he was. I think he was in the back of the car. What was the? That was a really loud engine that we heard. It was all. Yeah. Well, the, uh, That's an airplane engine. The air, air conditioner was loud or something. That could be. I'm pretty sure he was in the in the sky though. I don't so, think so good anyway, luck on your travels. Answer, your, answer the question. <sighs> so it's definitely benefited Seth Rollins. It's benefited um, the Intercontinental title. It has. It has. Um, and, however, the chase for that title hasn't included names like Braun Strowman or, I mean, I guess a little bit, like, to a degree, Finn Balor. But everybody still is hankering over Brock Lesnar's Universal Championship. And so now we're left with, we don't know in I mean, we're doing the the Extreme Rules, uh, Fatal 4-Way, 5-Way, whatever it's going to be, for a shot at the Universal Championship at SummerSlam, I would assume. Braun's got the briefcase, so he's sitting there with that. Everything is still geared towards the Universal Championship. And in the meantime, granted, we've had some terrific matches with Seth Rollins, and he 
and the belt have both been elevated in conjunction by being the top prize on Raw, but nobody's really chased it as if it's the top prize on Raw because they're still dicking around with the Universal Championship and the, you know, the, the ghostly Brock Lesnar who's never around. So I don't know. I don't necessarily think that Raw has benefited from having only one men's single title. I think it's it's benefited by Brock Lesnar not being around, Roman Reigns not going for the Universal Championship because it's not there, and Seth Rollins having a bigger uh, 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 role. Certainly sounds so, like Raw and us as viewers of Raw has benefited then. What's that? Yeah, I mean... Here's the thing, unless you got more. No, we've, we've benefited from having more Seth Rollins for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that could have been the case even if the Universal Championship was still around. Here's why I think uh, <clears throat> Raw has benefited. And yeah, the results have kind of been uneven, but it's forced creative to find interesting motivations for stories not involving titles for their upper mid-card guys. And if... Uh, Brock was around with the Universal Championship or Roman was the Universal Champion. Who knows if we would have gotten that long protracted feud between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, which was outstanding last year, if the Universal Championship was around all the time. Instead, you got to find other things for these guys to fight over other than belts. And as I said, results uneven. Because a lot of times you just have people skipping from feud to feud and they anything protracted, yeah. but we've had some good moments. Namely, the Rain Strowman feud last year was great. No titles involved. Is this you're, going, you're going back pretty far for that. It was just last year. It was 2017. Like summer of last year, though. Yeah, it was like a whole year ago. I know, but I'm still saying that's that's it, that's just the probably the best example of what I can think of or of, of of creative saying, okay, universal title <laughs> out of the picture. Let's come up with a long story that could build. I'm sure they did with the idea of building Reigns and Strowman. They were they they got half of that accomplished. Yeah. Um, to build up these characters um, without getting a title involved. And and I think there's one massive benefit for Raw, that's been it. Along with, you get more Seth Rollins, you get more Miz when he was still there. Um, those guys, along with, it's, it's been a combination of, of the Intercontinental titles had the prestige of being day-to-day the top title on Raw, and then you also got incredible wrestlers carrying that belt, all of which raised the prestige of that title. So now anybody who touches that Intercontinental title while it's while the Universal Championship is away is more or less de facto top guy on Raw. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's not like Braun has been chasing the IC title. It's not like Finn. No, I understand for all that. Like one moment, he hasn't been chasing. So it's not like everybody's really going after it. You have now you have Dolph with it, so that might complicate things further. It's just it it is it's odd. I mean, dude, May, June, and July, all bereft. Of that Universal Championship? That was last year, though. Was it actually? Yeah. That's why we had Reigns and Strowman carrying the summer. Oh, wait. No, it was. Yeah, because of Great Balls of Fire, there was a match to for number one contender. So after at Mania. SummerSlam. At, so after Mania, I don't think Brock defended that title till SummerSlam. Really? I don't think so. He didn't have a title defense at Great Balls. Oh, did yeah, he did against Joe. Sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. He yeah. did against there Joe. Was Joe. What was the... And SummerSlam was, was a four-way. What was the Braun one? That was at No Mercy. Well, that's September. That? That's after. September. Oh, it was after. Okay. And then you had AJ at Survivor Series. And then Strowman and Kane Great at the Rumble. Great Balls was in July, right? Yeah. What was June? It's probably a SmackDown, huh? Yeah, he did defend it in June. He didn't defend it in May or June. Okay. Well, still, I mean, great. it'd be as if he was throwing up for Extreme Rules. Yeah. You know, and that's... Whoops. It's just, it's so striking right now. It's so weird. And I feel well, like, I, th- I, I think... feel like, I'll put it this way, too. I feel like his presence was a bit... 
heavier than, and I don't even know how to, how to explain that. It's just, it seems really odd right now. I mean, maybe it was because we felt, we thought that he was going to drop it at Mania and we'd see it a lot more. Maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe. But, and maybe it was just sort of the newness of, man, he hasn't been around a whole lot. Or maybe he was doing, maybe he did like one of those weird house shows or something. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. It's definitely really weird. So I, I honestly don't think Raw. I think when everybody's thinking, where's Brock Lesnar? Where's the Universal Championship? I don't think you're really doing a great service to Raw. Well, I think you're doing a great service to Universal Championship, but uh, short term at least, I, I I vastly prefer Raw when uh, Lesnar's not there. I'll agree with when that. When Reigns is not in the A storyline. I'll agree with that. And so in that sense, I think we as viewers of Raw has benefited, maybe not the show, yeah, but the viewers of Raw who are not into Lesnar or Reigns have benefited greatly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, let's see here. Next, we've got... The Enforcer. The Enforcer. Stevie Bradley. Let's see what he has to say. What is going on, friendos? It is your boy, Stevie Bradley, official going in Raw Enforcer. Got a Matt Chat question for you. Big Cass got released a couple days ago. Enzo got released a couple months prior for whatever he did. I'm not going to go into it. But anyway, really got me thinking. These two were better together than their individual singles runs. And I know Enzo had the cruiserweight title and, and not going to get into that. But what I really wanted to know was what two main roster WWE superstars could you actually put together to hide their weaknesses much like what Enzo and Cass was? One could talk, one could wrestle. Uh, they kind of hit each other's, accentuated their good things. Uh, what two wrestlers could you do that? One that's got mic skills, one that's got wrestling skills, but doesn't have the other one. And they need each other. What tag team could you put together to do that? Thank you, guys. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, Stevie Bradley. Thank you, Enforcer. So, two wrestlers on the roster. You, you're sort of pointing this out. We were looking. We're going to collaborate right now. Yeah. Because we, we were looking for wrestlers. Um, there aren't a whole lot of... There aren't a whole lot of people who are bereft of either one. Yeah, usually... The roster is so good. These yeah, days. it really is. I mean, most of the people who are really good wrestlers are at least decent on the mic, and pretty much everybody I could find that's a really good talker is also a pretty good wrestler. So, like, Cesaro is probably, in terms of best wrestling skills versus comparable promo skills, I think he's one of the best wrestlers on the roster. Mm -hmm. With you know maybe the most underwhelming, although I like Cesaro, I yeah, think, yeah. I think he's 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 I, I really like him as a character. You know his promo skills aren't great. He just sort of says what he says and that's it. Yeah, he seems like a very charming guy, but he's you know you're not going to want to sit there and listen. It's not like Samoa. I can listen to Samoa Joe talk for like ten minutes. I got the answer. Okay, bring back the kings of wrestling. Oh man, that's perfect. That's perfect. Cesaro. Yeah. Cassius Ono. Who is also a spectacular wrestler. Great wrestler, but an awesome talker. Great promo. Um, just reunite them on SmackDown. Yep. That's, That's your it. answer. That's it. That's your answer. That's your answer. Well done. Well done. Uh, next up, we got a question from Broken Steve Wonderful. Hey, friendos. Broken Steve here with another Matt Chat question. My question for you this week is, will we see the New Day versus the Elite at All In? And if for some reason Vince lets this happen, will it be streamed on the network? Thanks, friendos. Thank you, Broken Steve. Thank you, Broken Steve. Uh, no, no, it's it, not going to happen. No, 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 no. Um, we're no. at least two years away from, I would think, this is just speculation, yeah. two years away from any 
potential partnership between WWE and anybody that they remotely view as competition happening. Yeah. Um, I think it's a long ways out. Yeah. Um, the New Day will not be at All In. No way. And uh, there's no way that All In is going to air on the WWE Network. No. None of that's going to happen. Um, I don't really have much, much to add to that. Uh, I mean, the WWE just froze Ring of Honor out of Madison Square Garden, which seems petty and rude. Yeah. Um, and so they are still... They, they will still pee on their territory. Yeah. They will mark their territory. You know, I wonder, you know, one of the, I think one of the, I wonder if one of the reasons they did that, uh, I mean, it's incredibly petty. It's silly. Um, but I think Ring of Honor was trying to do it Mania weekend. Mm, oh, yeah. They were trying to go against a takeover. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Which I don't know why they'd want to do that. They're, I know they did it last year and it got their, their largest crowd ever. So oh, oh for okay, all right, all right. So they, I guess they thought, you know, hey, if we can get sixty five hundred, oh, yeah. yeah, in New Orleans, try from New York and see if we can get ten thousand. Yeah, makes sense for them yeah. if they were able, if they've been able to do that. Um, Let's try to get the Barclays Center. Well, that's where takeovers going to be. I know, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Try to, try to get it in the morning. <laughs> like, hey, can we can we tear down <laughs> their their stage setup and bring in our own thing? Yeah. We'll we'll use their barricades. Yeah. Exactly. We'll pay them for that, but we'll bring in our own Trons and stuff. Um, but I just wonder if they hadn't tried booking the garden that weekend, if WWE would have been so quick to, to, to put an end to it. I still think they probably would have, because WWE just probably would do it. They probably consider that, that their territory. They, from my understanding, no wrestling company has run a show at Madison square garden since like 1925, other than WWE or oh it's, God. you know, earlier iterations yeah i mean i can understand there there's got to be some weird emotional connection that vince has with madison square garden and doesn't want anybody else in his territory and if you let if you let it fly once then it probably just in his mind it probably opens, opens the up. floodgates and everybody's going to want run shows there yeah well the problem the thing is though there's not a whole there's not very many promotions that could conceivably put it together it's my understanding is incredibly pricey. expensive it's to run a show pricey. there yeah so I don't know. Let me see if uh, Virgil Flynn III can run it. Madison oh, Park that'd be great. Right that'd be great. H title right there in lights. Yeah. Joey Ryan versus whoever. You mean Adam Mayhem? Give me Joey Ryan. Adam H Mayhem. Champion. He's our guy. Speaking of Adam Mayhem, he's our next Matt Check oh, question asker. Let's see what Adam Mayhem has to say. Buenas tardes, Friendo University. Bienvenidos to a very special edition of Chit Chat with the champ. Here, I just ate, and I'm like, ready for this Matt Chat question. So, here's my question to you, Steve and Larson. With all these stories about, you know, Triple H being open to working with New Japan, and, you know, all these talent coming in and now, and everybody wants to work with everybody and Impact and all that, my question is, what do you guys think if it's this is going to hurt or not the independent scene? I mean, if you have in every card, you have an Omega, you have Okada, you have Naito, you have AJ, you have uh, Jinzuke, you have all those guys at the top, then what about the rest of the people? It's going to be more complicated to get up there, or is it going to be easy? All right, take it easy. Thank you, Adam Mayhem. You know, man, let's just drop my sign. Where was that sign? couple hours ago hmm you were seem pretty cool uh no did you see my look the look on my face there 
Yeah, because the camera was rolling. Does this mean nothing anymore? Does legal paperwork mean nothing, nothing anymore? Nothing legal about Stop it. Stop taking things out of my hand. Just because it's laminated doesn't mean it's, it's a binding. Yes, it does mean that. I no, worked at doesn't. Kinko's. I know what it means. It's not even laminated. It's just in like a plastic sleeve. No, that's. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I feel like it used to be laminated and then the seam came, <laughs> it came off. Apart. It came apart. What he is not banned heck? from the obvious. Office. Obvious. Obviously, he should. I just, you know. Try to make rules around here, but you break them. Anyways. Well, because they're not mutually agreed upon. Unilaterally made by you. This is a democracy, a partnership, yes? Yes. No, it's not. Uh, so anyways, uh, Adam Mayhem's question. Uh-huh. Has to do with uh, the potential partnership. Like you said, probably two, year, two years down the line. If not further. If not further, if ever. Um, where WWE New Japan could put on these sort of super shows mm -hmm. where they would do talent exchanges. I would think that they would be exactly that. They would be one-off, like yearly or twice a year, super shows. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, you'd get the top talent from each company. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun. I don't really think... I mean, look, here's the thing. WWE is so stacked with talent between NXT, what they got going on in WWE, now they're forming NXT UK. Um, they're so stacked with talent that it's hard enough right now for anybody to push up. I don't think that any partnerships with New Japan would really change that. Well, because the, the shows involving both promotions would be so few and far between once a year, maybe. Right, exactly. You know? So you'd still have, like, you know, the, the roster split. You'd still have that. Um, so I think everything else would be par for the course. Um, everything else would just be the way yeah. it is now. Yeah. So, um, but I could see that. I mean, look, it, it, if your goal would then be not just to make it to mania, but if your goal was to be on the big, you know, uh, super shows, then that's going to be more difficult. Sure. Yeah. 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 So you, I mean, you'd have like extra goals to make. Well, I think it would in one sense, but I don't think that, you know, we talked about this before, I think last week or the week before when news of this started popping up when triple H gave that interview about it. Um, that I doubt they would have. It, it, I don't think it would be like Survivor Series where it's champion versus champion. There might be a, one or two singles matches. It'd be a lot of tag matches. Mm -hmm. um, one, so it would kind of protect both promotions. You know, worry mm -hmm. about whose top star is going over. Yeah. Two, get as many people as you can on the card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Ooh, don't imagine know. this. Mm -hmm. Kick off the mm -hmm. show with the New Japan WWE Rumble. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. That'd be really good. I like it a lot. Braun goes over. Um, you need somebody. You need somebody like Chris Jericho would have to win that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he's in both. Uh, let's see here. Next up, we've got a question from Joshua the Dynamic Knight Martinez. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos, Joshua the Dynamic Knight Martinez here, and I'm not new to Patreon, but I did upgrade my pledge to twenty dollars. I'm doing internship over the summer, so at least for the summer, you'll be seeing this ugly mug every week here on Matt Chat, and hopefully I can save up enough money to be able to do that for the rest of the year. But anyways, as far as my question goes, I'll keep it simple. You've heard of F, Mary kill. How about push, job, and fire? Push one guy, make one job, uh, make one guy a jobber for life, and fire one guy. How about Mojo Raleigh, Bo Dallas and Ty Dillinger. Thanks for those. 
Thank you, Joshua. It's great posters back there. Oh, Swanson yeah. Pyramid of Greatness. That's good stuff. And he's been, man, he's been a long time. I've known that name for a long time uh, on the Patreon. And thank you so much for your support. And thank welcome you. to Matt Chat. Yes. Can't wait to see more of your ugly mug on our show. Well, that's what he said. Oh. Or did he just say my mug? I don't know. I used to call them ugly mugs all the time. You want to get your ugly mug on the show? All right. You want to go first? Um, I, number one, I love this question. Yes, great. It's a great variation. Fantastic. On the F, Mary kill. Push, job, fire. And we're going with Mojo, Bo, and Ty. I have my answer. So you push Bo. You push Bo. You job out. Hmm. You job Ty and you fire Mojo. Why, do you, why are those your choices? I feel like Ty brings a bit more to the table than Mojo. And Ty, you can job him. I mean, you know, you save for life, but nothing in wrestling is permanent. You job him, and I think he's a more sympathetic character. And so you job him, people will really rally behind him to the point where you can't job him anymore. Or if you job him so much that he just leaves and gets released, um, he'll be a good. It'll be a good story for him to go to Ring of Honor or wherever, or Impact or whatever. He'd be an Impact guy. Um, of course, you push Bo. I mean, you push Bo. Come here, it's Bo Dallas. He's great in every aspect. He has been one of the most underutilized, poorly utilized, probably going to be a future tag team champion uh, superstars in recent history. Bo Dallas is fantastic, and that's exactly why you fire Bo Dallas. So we can go somewhere else and actually reach his potential as a performer for a few years and then if he wants to he can come back after he's established himself and found great success either in ring of honor or new japan i think of all three of these guys he's best suited to go in the indies and make a massive name for himself that's why i would push that is true i would push ty dillinger because we've seen when he was pushing nxt he's reached a modest level of success i would job the heck out of mojo raw oh no yeah mojo would be on the short end of any stick i had He'd either be fired or job. And then I would let go. I would release Bo Dallas, let him go out in the Indies, go to Ring of Honor, go to New Japan. You could make, dude, listen. Really allow him to build up his brand. And if he wants to come back, he can come back. The premise of this question. Because they bungled him since the moment he showed up on the main roster. The premise of this question is you're running things. You want to make money. Yeah. So you, who can you make the most money off of any of these guys? Ten. No, man. You want 100. Bo Dallas. No, then you want Andretti Cien almost. That's what Cien means. It's 100. He's not an option here. Okay, well, you said 100. if he was, I'd push the hell out of him. Oh, heck yes. Heck yeah, man. He's great. That we we can agree upon. You see Sin Cara trying to... He's ducking freaking uh, Cien Almas. He's That's not hurt? Cien Almas called him out on Twitter. So oh, wow. You're ducking me. Wow. You're ducking me. Anyways, next up, we got Matthew E. Williams Esquire with, a, of course... Of course, the leader of the Empire of Pain. Yeah. He has a question about his Empire of Pain. Yes. He has to say. Hey, Steve. Hey, Larson. Guys, I have bad news. I have lost my smile permanently. But in good news, Vince McMahon has a lot of money from that Fox deal and that NBC deal. So he's offered to buy the Empire of Pain from me. Now, he says I get to choose who is going to be in this new faction. Unfortunately, I don't really like half of my choices, but listen to it nonetheless. On the one hand, I can have Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford, and Bianca Belair, the power couple. 
and Keith Lee. Or, there's this guy, Roman Reigns, that he wants to put with uh, the Authors of Pain to make the Empire of Pain. Now, I'm going to leave it to the two of you to make the decision. Your choice is final. Who becomes the Empire of Pain and who do you pick as the leader? Certainly no one is as good as the Western States Heritage Champion, Matthew E. Williams Esquire, but... We can do this with some good runners-up. So, your choice. Street Profits, Bianca and Keith, or Roman and the Authors of Pain. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you very much, Matthew E. Williams Esquire. Thank you. Hope you get that smile back, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, anyways, I'll go first. Okay, you go first. Give me, the, give me the, the face team of Keith Lee, Bask in His Glory. Yeah. Uh, Street uh, Profits. Street Profits and Bianca Belair. They would be over huge. You wouldn't find a more charming group. They would they would rival Undisputed Era in charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the crowd would love them. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's the obvious choice. You put Roman Reigns, who's pretty much universally loathed by wrestling fans, along with Authors of Pain, who have disappeared. Um, really, if anybody's associated with Roman Reigns, they're going to get booed. Okay, I mean Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose might be the lone exception. Look, man. So uh, if 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 I'm carrying on the legacy of Empire of Pain, the greatest faction in the history of fun wrestling, I want them to be top stars. I want them to consist of Keith Lee, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, Bianca Belair. That's the correct answer. Listen, man, you've already got Empire. It's already in the name. Roman Empire of Authors of Pain. Yes, I understand It's that. already there. It's ma- Here's the thing. If you put Roman in a faction with the Authors of Pain, what are you then doing with Roman Reigns? Something different than you're doing right now or for the past three years with Roman Reigns, which means you've moved on from this ridiculous idea that doing same old, same old is going to get him over. Hold People on. are going to boom. As soon as, wait, as soon as you do something different with him, something interesting, then people are going to respond to him. He's got all the potential in the world. He's been creatively bungled. Here, let me me say this. If they turn Roman heel, pair him with Authors of Pain to form, if you will, a heel shield? The most destructive outfit in history of wrestling. But, yes. If they don't do anything more interesting with Roman's character other than just make him slightly mean... No, man, he goes wrecking people. He just goes wrecking everything. Eh. He never talks. He laughs nah, everything off. I think the milk's gone bad on, on Roman Reigns. No way, man. man. There's still plenty of the time gone left. Bad. On, there's plenty of time left. Plus, listen, Matthew E. Williams Esquire, what do you want? Do you want the Empire Pain to rest to, to main event every WrestleMania from here on out? Because that's what Roman Reigns is going to do. Or do you want the Empire Pain to main event every takeover from here on out until they make the leap to main? Then they'll main event WrestleMania. Nobody's going to No, man, not while Roman Reigns is there. They're not going to be main eventing anything. Moving on, we've got, oh, man, my favorite Double J. Ain't he great? Let's take a look. Larson, Steve, figure I give Larson a bit of the shine at the start of the question. Steve always gets the first name mentioned. It's Larson's turn. It's Double J, Joe Jensen here. Ain't I great? My match hat question this week is, which territory do you think was the most influential in wrestling? I might be a little biased. I'm going to say the AWA, home of the GOAT, Ric Flair. Woo! Let me know what you think. Too sweet? Hearty handshake. Thank you, Double J. Larson, ain't he great? 
He is great. He is great. Uh, anyways, I'll go first. The most influential territory in wrestling. I'm actually going to agree with uh, Double J. Ain't he great? It's the AWA. Man, Vince McMahon rated the shit out of the AWA. Hulk Hogan. I'm pretty sure Roddy Piper. No, Roddy. He wrestled, really? he wrestled all over the place. He, well, I know he was in Portland. Yeah, he also wrestled, I think, Mid-Atlantic, uh, mid too. All right, hold on a second. Uh, mean Gene, mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure uh, the Junkyard Dog, maybe? No. AWA Wrestling. Let's take a look here. I want to see who they rated. Anyways, look, it's AWA. It, Hulk Hogan. I mean, Hulk Hogan alone. Granted, like, you know, we have problems right now, but, you know, he changed history. Uh, talent jumps to mm-hmm. WWF. Let's see here. It has its own Wikipedia entry. Uh, let's see here. Hogan accepted the offer. Uh, some of the other AWA top talent. Listen to this. Listen to this lineup. Mean Gene, Heenan, Adrian Adonis, Ken Patera, Jim Brunzel, David Schultz, Wendy Richter, and old Jesse Ventura. That's right. Uh, yeah. So there you go. All right. Yeah. No, correct answer is Memphis. Um, this is a really thin answer for you. Well, I think there, what, I, what I talked about previously is, is one aspect of it. First, I'll bring up uh, Lawler's feud with Andy Kaufman, a precursor to what we see now with mainstream Hollywood stars getting involved in the wrestling business. But primarily, um, uh, Atsushi Onita, the founder of FMW, I believe, yes. uh, was inspired by the hardcore and death matches he would saw in Memphis, went back to Japan, uh, founded his own promotion, which took that to another level, which, of course, uh, you know, the influence of hardcore wrestling spread around the world without hardcore wrestling. Would we have seen ECW? Mm. Probably not. Would mm. we have seen the Attitude Era, mm. per se? Mm. Perhaps not. Mm. I mean, Lawler, I think, recently said that he credits the Memphis Territory with uh, spawning what would become, in, in, in ethos, the Attitude Era. Um, which was the most prosperous time for the entire wrestling industry. Um, that's pretty much the extent of my answer, mm-hmm. is that. More names include Scott Hall, Kurt Hennig, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, Big Van Vader, the Nasty Boys, Medusa. All right. Those are all great names. They're all great names. Talk about influential. Man. Yeah. That dude just also um, up, in, uh, up in Canada. That was like a factory. That was yeah, like a Stampede farm. Wrestling. Stampede. That was a fun. And you factory. go. You also got to talk about Mid Atlantic. Yeah, sure. You know all the stuff they were doing with Flair. Yeah, I mean that was hugely influential. That was that was, that, was that was such a, a, a one eighty from a lot of the stuff WWF was doing at the time. It just feels like like superstar wise, like Vern Gagne was just making stars that Vince McMahon then was like, oh, you're bad. yeah. Ah, take care. You can't be in medicine. No, I don't. Garden. I don't disagree with your answer. I'm just saying, not in terms of a talent standpoint, but in terms of a booking standpoint. Influential booking. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, moving on, we've got uh, one more video question. This time, it's from the B Man. Hey, B Man. Patrick Sparks. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos, Pat here. All right, fantasy booking time. So, 2011 Money in the Bank. CM Punk won the title, and he walked out. Sadly, he didn't go and defend his title anywhere in any other promotions like Ring of Honor, PWG, whatever. Obviously, SummerSlam is at the end of August, and us smart marks, us fans, hardcore fans, whatever, know that Daniel Bryan's contract should expire September 1st. 
but I'm assuming the casual fans don't know that. So what if they set up a match where it's the same situation of Punk in 2011 with Daniel Bryan? He's got a match for the title, and if he wins, he wins the title, and he leaves. And he doesn't re-sign, and he goes to PWG, Ring of Honor, fuck it, New Japan. Would that work? I don't think it would under the reins of Vince, but part of me thinks that Triple H would love to do that. So, what do you guys think? Thanks, Windows. Bye. Thank you very much, B-Man, Patrick Thank you, Sparks. B-Man. Another, another uh, Matt Chat Hall Oh, the one we just talked about. Yes. So, uh, the basic premise, follow the template set up by CM Punk claiming the title of Money in Bank 20, uh, 2011, mm-hmm. but actually following through, having him, Daniel Brown that is, not re-sign, go in the indies, defend the WWF, WWE title um, before an eventual return. I think that could work now. and It's it a lot easier now. It would not be with Ring of Honor in New Japan, but it could be with Evolve, Progress, ICW, the the independent promotions that WWE already has a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Granted, you you know, like people who pay attention to the, to the business would know those connections. But Patrick's point is... is the casual fans yeah. may not know that. Yeah. So, in that sense, he could not re-sign, still defend the title within the larger WWE family, mm-hmm. and it could make for an interesting storyline. I think that I think that could definitely happen. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think Daniel Bryan also seems like the kind of guy who, and granted, I'm not sure what the relationship in WWE and Ring of Honor is right now. It's probably not great especially considering they just shut down the Madison Square Garden thing. Um, plus, uh, what was it, Ring of Honor sent them like a cease and desist when they were trying to, uh, WWE's trying to sign talent from Ring of Honor. Um, or some they sent them some sort of legal paperwork. Um, so who knows if it's good or not. Daniel Bryan seems like the kind of personality who could, if you, if you really want to make waves in the wrestling industry, who could smooth things out between them enough to run an angle like that in Ring of Honor mm-hmm. and generate just tons of buzz. Um, if Triple H is serious in wanting to build relationships with a variety of other wrestling promotions, um, that's a fantastic way to do it. Uh, if that uh, New Japan thing uh, that everybody sort of hopped on when he said, yeah, no, I'm open to working with people, and everybody's like, oh, New Japan, great. Yeah, it may seem like it was right around the corner. Right now. Um if he is serious about that and he is open uh, to all that kind of stuff, then uh, I, I could see it happening. I mean, I still think it, 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 it's more, way more possible today than it was back in 2011, yeah. even taking the relationships out of it right now. Um, but, uh, but no, for sure, what you're talking about, I think that could, that could definitely happen. I think it'd be fascinating uh, story-wise. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> you're still looking at old territories. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man. That flipping WWE Network is fantastic for looking at old stuff like that. I know. I got so to get into it. It's so much fun. Uh, we have one last uh, text question from a regular Matt Chatter, but today he doesn't have his voice, so we're going to be the voice of the voiceless AO Worm. He says, hey, friendos, sorry for not having a video for this week. Kind of lost my voice after two days of cheering and booing people at TakeOver and Money in the Bank. So with that being said, uh, which do you prefer, being at an event live and feeling the energy live and in person, or watching it from home, sitting on the couch, watching at your own pl- at your own pace. Um, so I'm going to say live with a massive caveat, huge caveat. I love the live 
experience in a venue that's like 10,000 and less. Okay. I'm good with that. I, right. I much prefer it live. Being there, the energy, it's great. Those takeovers, I know they have like 12, 13,000, whatever. Those are magnificent. I love them so much. But re- anything bigger than that, WrestleMania, I'm out. Not doing it. Not doing that. Not doing it. Not doing it. Can't do it. Too many people. To Too many people. They cram you in there. Actually, 31 was a blast. Yeah. It was just the experience in New Orleans. That was it. You mean I'm Orlando? Sorry, no, Orlando. Yeah. Just that experience. Yeah. No, I mean, if, if I'm getting a choice between, uh, you know, any, any sort of live event between experiencing it there in person or on television, I would tend to say in person because mm-hmm. then you're part of a communal experience with every other fan in that uh, arena or stadium. And there's something to be said for that. Yeah. To experience something potentially history making together yeah. Yeah. Um, is something else. But then what's your breaking point if we're in Orlando and the only seats available were literally like nosebleeds. You have the worst seat in the house. Oh, no. I mean, it's, it's all relative to where I am in relation to the action, obviously. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I want to be able to have a good vantage point and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, no. I mean, if I'm in the very back row of the upper deck, it's going to be a vastly different experience if I'm even in the lower bowl with a good, with a good you know, a, a sight line to the ring. All in just broke on Twitter. That, I mean, I know this is... Today is Wednesday, and this is airing on Sunday. Uh, they're going to license out the live stream to All In, so they're going to they're going to live stream it. It's a good idea. Good idea. It's a great idea. Great idea. Yeah, everybody will get to see it. Yep. Anyways, is that it for Matt Chat? Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, thank you so much, patrons, for sending in your questions. Thank you, everybody out there, for watching. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.